Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture. This week, we are joined by two Canadian bands, Ken Mode and Nobro. everybody thanks for joining us again uh and again if you are enjoying the podcast we really appreciate all your support uh your your all of your emails all of your comments all of your shares don't go unnoticed so thank you so much for uh, for being on board this journey with us and uh, if you like the podcast do just that like the page make sure you are subscribed and hit that alert button so you will never miss an episode we're also available on all of your streaming audio platforms and right here on YouTube if you're watching us. So thank you again for being back for another episode and joining us. I am joined by my wonderful, beautiful co-host who is still in spooky season, Ryan Stick. Ryan, um, it looks like you're in Transylvania. I'm uh, I'm in protests right now because Halloween got kicked out of the apartment yeah. on November 1st. Didn't even have time to put its clothes on and walk down the street and everyone was just ho-ho-hoing at it. Didn't appreciate it. So uh, I get it. Uh, as someone who celebrates Halloween pretty much yeah. in June, I kind of get why people want to make sure they get at least two months worth of Christmas. I just, you know, I just like give it, give it a few days. Let's uh, this year, let's this out. dude, hmm. this year's a little early for Christmas. It feels like we're getting it. And, you know, like you, I love Christmas, but I Me feel too. like this year it was almost aggressively forced down our throat on November 1st. Like, I was going around like, you know, I love Halloween, not as much as you guys, because you guys are insane. But um, I was going around looking for Halloween deals on yeah. November 1st. You know, most yeah. places were doing half off, um, scored some cool stuff at uh, Spirit of Halloween like you. But, but I was going around and I noticed everybody was getting rid of their Halloween stuff and throwing the Christmas stuff up fucking early. And I don't know if it's something that happens every year, but man, Christmas. And when I was in the U.S. last weekend, and mm. every single store that I went into had Christmas music playing already, and I was yeah. like, if I was if I was a like someone who worked in a store, yeah. and I was hearing "All I Want a Lot for Christmas" on November first, I would be. There's a joke about that, yeah. There's a huge meme where it's like Mariah Carey's trying to kick down the door or something like that, and yeah. But but my issue is that I started to see all the Halloween decorations disappear on October 16th. Now, really. Your average person who isn't psychotic like me mm -hmm. uh, might only get their shit together and say, well, golly gosh, gee, do I want to celebrate Halloween this year? I should go to the store and I should buy said decorations when they're almost out of store on October 16th. That's a little much for me. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, you have to be, I don't know. I, I, I just found this year they were really getting rid of Halloween quick and trying to push Christmas. And I don't know if it was more of a we really need a big retail season this year. I think so, um, but I also think it's because they've started selling Christmas decorations. Sorry, I think it's because they started selling Halloween decorations in the beginning of July. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. and I get it. I mean, maybe everyone's quick to return to normal, and it's been like you know, this is the this really feels like the first year that everything's kind of normal again mm. after after um, the blip. So it's just nice to it's nice to have these holidays celebrated, but like 
don't know, man. It's it's sometimes it's just like it's too soon. And I agree. Seeing Halloween stuff in July is like, what the fuck, man? Like I shouldn't be seeing <laughs> this. Like, let's get back I, to school. I love it. Let's get I know, but let's get back yeah. to school done. You know, like I don't want to be seeing Halloween decorations mm. when you know I'm on my way to go to Oceaga. That's weird. You know what I mean? It's a little... I, I get it. So I guess it's uh, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. So, you know, to you who like sunlight and sunlight does wonderful things to your skin. I who burn in it and, uh, you know, <laughs> spent, I come from people who come from caves and castles oh, like God. we don't we, and clouds. You come we from NDG. Do, we don't do sun. <laughs> you come from NDG. Stop it. I come from the ground. Um, so and, anyway, uh, you mentioned, but oh, sorry, we're, we're here. We are just talking about like how holidays are just uh, coming a little too soon. But you, you actually just skimmed over. You were in the states. What, what brought you to America? I was in America to go celebrate um, um, a very, very cool event that my friend Ron English was doing. He was mm. a part of, and as you know, you've met Ron. Um, we've had Ron on the show. Ron's a big, uh, big. Um, you know, really popular pop culture artist that I follow and that I love. And he's a friend and uh, we've collaborated on music together. We've done all kinds of little fun things over the, over the years together. Um, he had a meetup for the light cult crypto club, uh, which was in 2022. And I went to that and he lives in Beacon, New York. So I drove up to Beacon, New York, probably four days after we finished Winnipeg comic-con. Like we got back from Winnipeg comic-con on Monday and on Friday morning, I was leaving for Beacon, um, drove there, and spent the weekend uh, for this thing called the Back to School Art Festival, which was all part of this event that happened in Beacon called the Beacon Bonfire. Beacon Bonfire is this citywide event. Um, and just to, you know, if people don't know, Beacon is about an hour, um, an hour north of New York City. So it's a place where a lot of creatives that used to live in New York City, artists, musicians, um, kind of got priced out of New York or decided, let's move upstate, get a better quality mm. of life, can still jump on a train to get into the city in an hour if we need to. So it's, there's this, this area that's become super creative. So there's a lot of artists that live there. There's a lot of uh, musicians, a lot of painters, a lot of sculptors, and it's just a really, really rad creative place. And Ron set up shop there, I think back in 2008. So, uh, I went and spent some time with him and the family and I had a purpose. I was playing Andy Warhol <laughs> and the whole thing is Ron's got this new music project called the, um, the silver fame factory. And it's all, it's kind of like a rock opera that they've written about Andy Warhol and Andy Warhol's life. So I played Andy Warhol. I sang a couple of songs. I also sang some songs as my Delusionville character, punk skunk and came home with a ton of Ron English toys, which was super fun for me. So, oh, and, great. and got to, got to spend some time with, with the, um, with the family, which was great. And, and, and I, I you know, I love Ron. So yeah. it was, it was really, 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 really cool to, to kind of get away and have like a really creative weekend and be around really creative people and talked a lot about the podcast. People were asking what we do. And, um, so yeah, so it was really, really fun. And that was one of the reasons why I went there, but I, I came back and, uh, on my way back, I was like, man, like November's here. Like we've got a lot of shit to get to. And, and I yeah. remembered that there were two bands that we had spoken to. And I really wanted to put them together in an episode because we've had one of these bands on before. And this other band is one of uh, an up and coming band that I've been following forever that I absolutely love. So this love week on too. the, yeah, they're, and they're really, really good. So before we get into that too much, let's talk about the people that can help us keep the lights on, on this podcast. And there's 
no doubt that if it wasn't for Heartbeat Hot Sauce, we would not have a podcast. So let's give them some love. I have pulled out uh, this wonderful bottle of Creole Maple Louisiana style hot sauce. This is oh, branded yeah. from uh, the wonderful UFC, UFC fighter Dustin Poirier. And this is from Heartbeat Hot Sauce. You can get this um, at heartbeathotsauce.com. And if you use our promo code Rockman20 right down there, it'll get you 20% off your entire order. So check them out, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. Uh, this is, I've been using this one like crazy, man. And um, you just, just a couple of drops of this on whatever you're eating, and it's going to change the experience forever. Ever. Uh, is it possible to order an entire box of dill pickle? Yeah, you can because do it. I, you I can. think my life would be infinitely better if that was a thing. I can hook you up. I got a promo code. Nice. You can use it too. And it, and it works as much as you want to use it. So Rockman 20. I, I'm debating on getting it tattooed on my forehead at this point based on the necessity I needed. I think if you got Rockman 20 tattooed on your forehead, you would immediately regret that. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Listen, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, use them, check them out. They're great. And um, this is not a prop. This is a kitchen used bottle, as you can see. This has been used. It's half empty. And we love this stuff. So thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce for um being great with us here on the Rockman power hour and um and a big shout out to studio house designs ryan is rocking the highly coveted casper shirt staying in the theme of halloween and oh, uh yeah. and this is the exorcist oh baby love it Look at nice this. Look that's a nice actually you know that's something about cody really puts a lot of love into the designs and they're uh you know, it's not just like slap a poster on a shirt and then deal with it. Like it's always kind of like his version of it, and I really like that. Yeah, and he's got some cool stuff coming. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get some sneak peeks sometimes, and I'll tell you, man, there's some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So check them out over at studiohousedesigns.com. Been getting a lot of people requesting a promo code for them, so I'm going to speak to him about maybe getting a promo code on the show too. And uh, but right now, to support a great, great t-shirt company out of Philadelphia that we love. Um, also, just wanted to bring this up. Christmas time's coming right around the corner and i've got yeah, something i've noticed i know <laughs> we're talking, and i've got something here mm. that i'm going to be showing soon i'm going to do a little unboxing that's going to be on our socials i'm going to put this up on instagram so look for this uh if you follow us on our socials on the rockman power hour instagram i'm going to be doing an unboxing of this ryan mm. the star trek p card legacy collection Ooh. inside this ryan yeah every single piece of star trek that has jean-luc picard wow is in this box every a... single one all of the seasons of next gen yeah all of the all next the gen movies, movies yeah. and the picard series all in this wow. box and we're going to be giving one of these away on the show in the month of december for christmas i know i sound like an old man i'm like how do they fit it all in there i'm like oh yeah right like discs are discs and stuff but but still, that's incre- that's incredible that someone even had the fortitude to put all of this stuff in one box. I mean, look, I, 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 there's a ton of good stuff in here, so uh, look for the unboxing soon. I'll throw that up on Instagram. And if you want to win one of these, it's coming. So keep it locked on the Rockman Power Hour. That's gonna, amazing. Someone gets to win that? Someone's going to wow. win one of these in December for Christmas. I say this all the time, but knowing you is fun. <laughs> All right, so let's kick it off. Uh, we're going to start off with Ken Mode. We have had Jesse from Ken Mode on our show before. Uh, very creative band, very creative dude. I love talking yeah. to this guy because he doesn't mince words. They yeah. uh, were very, very proactive and creative and um, uh, just 
put the nose to the grind during the pandemic and wrote a lot of stuff. Uh, and so they have a pair of um, EPs or LPs, I should say, that came out during the pandemic, Null and Void, <laughs> both sides of the coin. And um, they're on tour right now in Canada, a couple more Canadian dates, and then they're heading out to Europe. Um, and I love this band. We've had them on before. Very rarely do we have a repeat uh, person come on the podcast. It hasn't happened much yet. But um, I wanted to have Jesse back on because I really, really enjoy talking to him. So without any further ado, check it out. Our interview with Jesse from Ken Mode. I think the last time we spoke, it was a very similar setup. You had fucking Gildan boxes behind you too. <laughs> What's new? Are we, frozen in, are we frozen in time? We're frozen in time. Um, how you been, man? Uh, I've been interesting. <laughs> <Yourself>? Yeah, <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. Um, so fill me in, man. The last time we spoke, it was the same. You were you were heading out. You you had a re new release. Um, I think this is like a year. Maybe yeah. Maybe 11, I don't think 12. we we hadn't played any shows yet, if I recall no, correctly. No. I think you, yeah. Um, so one of the big questions that was answered is uh, how will things be post pandemic? Right. Uh, shows have been the best they've ever been for us, which is unsettling to us. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why is it unsettling? Because we always expect the other shoe to drop. Of course. We, yeah. we never fully trust anything good happening to us. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different factors. We've been around now almost 24 years, so I feel like we're far from like a legacy thing because no one's ever really given a shit about any one of our albums, which is actually a whole <laughs> other topic of discussion that I've been bringing up. But um, I do feel like because of the pandemic, there's a new generation of showgoers that sure. I think we're sick of streaming things and staying at home and they're out and they're excited about vibrant music and yep. We're lucky enough to take advantage of that. We're having the best crowds we've ever had, selling the most merch we've ever sold. I don't and, feel like we necessarily deserve it, so we'll ride it as long as it can go. It's just and, cool to see new people out. And and you know, hence the the fucking human size stack of Gildan boxes behind you. <laughs> yeah, and just the fact that like it's a whole other record cycle. You might yeah. as well lean in, get some new merch. Of course, of course. Make it so things aren't boring, but um. Yeah, along the theme of never having a record that really resounded with anyone, um, we're kind of lucky because the songs that are going off the most live are whatever's newest, like our loved record, Null, and like as we were debuting tracks from Void, like immediately they were having a reaction. So like <laughs> artistically speaking, that's all you'd ever hope for is the well, stuff yeah. that's most relevant to you is most relevant to the people going to see you. So I feel lucky in that respect that no one's really ever cared that strongly. Right. And, and especially since, um, you know, it's the newer stuff and that, and that's one of the big, I don't want to say one of the big complaints, but it's one of the big concerns for bands that have been doing it for a while. You know, you get these people that are like, I want to hear stuff from the first album or the second album. And then when you get people that are yeah. like digging stuff from, you know, that's, that's available now. And not even on the on the release, like the the, the record comes out the twenty second, so yeah. you know the full thing's not even out. And the, but the songs that are there, it just shows you the different world we live in. Where you know, if you go to streaming and you go to a streaming service, the first thing you're going to see pop up is the new stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. so so that's what. But people... I mean, not necessarily, right? Right. It'll get that blip when it first comes out, but if sure. it's not catching on, 
boy, will they send it back to the bottom. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But it's nice when you do see people go like, wow. And like the same thing for me. Um, I went on, uh, I wanted to see what was available. You know, it's, I, of course, I can always get, you know, uh, I can get an advanced link and all that. But I wanted to go directly and see what was there. And um, I put on, it's the Shriek or the Shrike? Shrike, yeah. The Shrike. So I put on the Shrike. The first thing I thought and it went through my mind when I listened was like the production on it, man. It's just, it sounds really good. So it well, sounds you. like you guys have whoever's producing you guys or whoever's recording you guys and mixing you guys have it dialed in. Can you tell me yeah. a bit about, bit more about that? That's Andrew Schneider. He did our right. love record with us. Also did the null record since null and void are one of the same project, but yeah, I think, I mean, that's one thing we did lean into, especially on this batch of material. He wanted to, he always treats it this way when he's mixing records like depending on the amount of time you have he wants to treat each song like you're starting fresh with the mix each time sure and maybe it's just a partial labor of love partial just the breadth and scope of this project but he really i feel flexed on this trying to make it so each song on the null and void journey felt different right so, right yeah with songs like the shrike that that one was a particularly cool one because we were messing around like there's a subtle acoustic track that's just, it adds like a hint of rhythm to it, mm. but you can't hear it's there. Just yeah. little, little tricks like that, I think are so cool. And it was, I really enjoy that we got to mess around with things like that. Like that is such like, for me, it's like a prototypical rock song for us. It feels like me, me and Scott who wrote the riffs channeling like Queens of the Stone Age and Drive Like Jehu in that one. Right. Yeah, I can hear that. I can hear that. Um, and it's, it's, it's just nice to, you know, like the, the band's always, like you mentioned, the band's had, it had uh, its fan base, but it seems like with these two, especially the, the last two, like, you know, the offerings of the Null and the Void, it just seems like it, something about it calls, speaks to me, you know, saying these guys are going to get new fans because of this. Like they're, it's just a, it, it's just a, it's just a cool approach to have the two sides, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean- have, that ended those. up just being kind of luck too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, most of it is like when you talk to artists, like, you know, everyone loves to say after, oh yeah, we had this whole idea from the from the beginning and it was all planned out. And and sometimes things just kind of fall into place the way they're supposed to be. Or, or yeah, I mean, it, maybe it's timing, whatever it is, art is created in, 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 you know, in the, in the space that it's created in. And it's easy to look back hindsight, you know, with 2020 hindsight going, oh yeah, man, like this is, we had this plan from the beginning and, and more, more cases than not, when you talk to bands, they had no idea and it just all fell into place. Yeah. With this one, the only reason there was two records worth is because we couldn't get Andrew Schneider into Canada. Okay. That's, That's the long and short of it. It was, the session was supposed to happen in July of 2021 Right. And we wanted to fly him up because we we did our loved record with him and we really liked the, the results and we wanted to do it again. And by the time we were trying to buy plane tickets, which would have been May, uh, a couple months before, we still weren't allowing non-essential workers into Canada. So mm. we we had to make that call like, well, let's let's delay it uh, to the fall. And if it doesn't work in the fall, we're going to have to completely pivot because I, I was coming from a, a an uh, perspective of like i need to record these songs before they're meaningless to me sure so like and that was the way the writing went with this like null was mostly material written in 2020 void was mostly 2021 so like i i didn't want to be recording songs that i wrote in 2020 in 2022 it just felt disingenuous sure but 
anyway, because we moved the session, we had six more months to write. So that's that ended up providing us that platform to to make 75 minutes worth of music and forced us to divide it into two different records. Right. So, and it just kind of worked out in a, I think, a pretty logical divide too, where um, because the writing session was so big, I didn't want to keep writing the same song over and over again. Yeah. So we were shifting the song, the sonic palette to fit like different spots that were missed. And uh, because of that, I think the the void material ended up being quite a bit more melodic than Null was, which right. uh, now in hindsight uh, seems to have worked very well. Because when we put Null out, uh, it got a pretty good reception and we were at least my brother and I, Shane, were, were kind of worried that the void material wouldn't go over as well because it is it's more melodic. It's catchier. It's not as like just brutally dystopian. Yeah. So. I, I yeah so far the the reactions have been I think very positive for the people that enjoy it it's funny you say brutally dystopian and um one of the a lot of bands that are heavy if they do make any kind of a switch uh whether it be you know forced or or you know planned or not if it just happens when they do make a switch where there is melody that's involved or there is some kind of a formula um man your fan base can just turn on you I've seen it firsthand I've seen bands you know I think we talked last time. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if we talked about this last time, but you know, my favorite band's Faith No More. Um, literally, a band that could give a fuck what people think. They just do yeah. what they want to do, much to the um, you know, much to the detriment of their career at some point because it just didn't not you know blew up in their faces. But they were able to look back and go, we did what we wanted to do. So um, I think it a lot of that you know that blowback that you will get from fan bases kind of doesn't wash over you if you don't care. And clearly you guys, I, I don't think you really care if you get that kind of no. feedback, right? I mean, we've been there, done that. People, <laughs> people, people hated our success record enough. And it's not yeah. like us being melodic is anything new. I feel yeah. like this is this is definitely part of the sonic palette we've always had. We just leaned into it a little heavier this time for the sake of, of creating something that didn't sound exactly the same as what came before it. Uh, and it's really, yeah, I think it's just we, we leaned into the post-punk and kind of more old school goth vibes uh, mm. a little bit more than we have on any other record. And that's what does make as a whole, it makes it feel a little bit different, which I'm hoping, I, well, I'm fairly certain people who are actually our fans will appreciate it because generally speaking, they're fans of ours because we bring that sort of stuff to the table. Sure. And the people who already don't like us because we have too much variety, they will continue to not like us. And that's fine. That's fine. Because we're not, <laughs> We're not going after them anyway. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have been playing, obviously, you know, shows were, were, were something we discussed the last time that was a possibility. Now they're a reality. Uh, a lot of stuff on the horizon for you guys with this release. I mean, is it, I guess you're able to get back to basics and, and get out there and tour. Yeah. We're headed to Europe next Friday for three weeks. And then we come back for a couple of weeks. Then we're going out with Baroness for like a week's worth of dates and then we have a couple hometown shows after that. And then we're doing Decibel Metal and Beer Fest in Denver to cap off the year. And then we figure out where 2024 takes us. I um, need a I need a little time to decompress and try to write <laughs> a little too. 
Yeah, I, I can imagine because you know, with 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 pandemic, a lot of people were afforded the chance to write and catch up. And I mean, you guys, it's not like you haven't been prolific. I mean, you have a couple of releases, and you know, it's it's you've been moving, but one or two, one or yeah, two. one or two. Uh, <laughs> Baroness is a great example of another band that is very good at uh, at the DIY. Um, you know, right down to the artwork, which is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, is it inspiring to tour with them? Are are you guys fans of Baroness? Um, I like some of their records. I haven't really been following them for a number of years. They kind of deviated into a little bit more commercial side that doesn't necessarily fall onto my radar as much, but uh, definitely like mad respect to them. Yeah. The way they've uh, they shifted to doing it DIY, I uh, very much can appreciate the way they're doing all that. And, and those shows would be very cool. Like I, I'm very appreciative because honestly, no one has given us a chance to do support shows yeah. In almost a decade. Right. So that must uh, be nice when you get a band that, you know, and you know, if you're going to go out with Baroness, those rooms are going to be full. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I mean, hopefully. Yeah. It's it, but it's a pretty, you know, it's a band that when they play, they, they usually fill rooms up. Um, people are interested. They've got a, you know, they've got a, a good pedigree of, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so, um, so that's gotta be exciting for you guys. Yeah. It'll be cool. And specifically like we get to hit, um, Calgary and Edmonton, which I kind of feel have been a little bit stagnant for us for the last number of years. So it'll be good to get in front of some people who might become new fans. Um, Yeah. I mean, support tours are a big help in, in catching people off guard and potentially making new fans. And we just have not had the opportunity in quite some time. And I, I kind of get it because of the way this industry works. And I think we were uh, poisoned to a lot of people for quite a while. (laughs) So it's, it's nice that uh, we're not poisoned anymore. Um, was, was, was getting those shows, the result of an agent was a relationship with somebody in the band. Um, uh, it's a relationship with some other people pulling some strings. So, right. right. And you know, usually what happens to bands, if, if you go do you go to a run like that, it goes well, it usually leads to something else. So that's always fun when that, cause that's yeah. almost like the floodgates yeah. open for, and, and, you know, it also, it also helps that, which I know this has contributed to it our last bunch of shows, like our last North American dates, we're actually starting to draw numbers that aren't laughable, right. which helps. Of so, course. Of course. Absolutely. And that's um, really, I think that's a huge part as to why no one invited us out <laughs> over the last decade. <laughs> when, you, when you're drawing like, I don't know, 50 people, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's respectable. Yeah. It's not nobody, but it's also not like 150 no. And that's more the the pocket for where we needed to be. Cause I think we're too big of a band to be a first of three on a tour right. package, but we were too small enough and not carrying our own weight to be a second of three. Right. So I'm hoping that we're starting to break into that could be a second of three territory. Cause that would, for that sure. would be nice. It'd be nice to do more support stuff and keep building. But like, I mean, I'm not going to count on it. If we don't, if no one comes calling, we'll do our own thing. That's the absolutely. Way and, that, and, that, and that's what I love about this band. Um, now going to Europe, um, that's gotta be uh, a ton of fun. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> at the same time, it can be like anything. It can be, it can be, I'm sure it can be stressful, but one thing about Europe and most bands that I, that I speak to, um, that do have, you know, uh, a bit of an uphill climb in North America, will say that Europe usually is is a lot more um, welcoming in terms of music and in terms of um, in terms of, you know, just accepting something that's a little bit different. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how it's going to go, because I've never really felt like we've taken off to any degree in Europe. And 
things are going better in the US than they've ever gone for us. So yeah. whether or not that translates, I have no idea. Um, it'd be nice, but I'm not fully expecting it to because I mean, the stats are there. America's our number one market, like without question. Right. And yeah, I just I don't I don't see a lot of the numbers from Europe. But I mean, you, you never you never know. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. crazy when you think uh, that a Canadian band, you know, and, and being someone who was in the exact same situation, you know, we my band could not get arrested in Canada. No one gave a fuck about us. And the minute we moved to California, everything changed. Yeah, everything changed for us. And we, you know, even to this day, if we really, really wanted to, we could tour the U.S. And that's a great feeling. But it's so weird that we couldn't get like we we, we tried to do a headline headline dates here in Canada. I think like 2016 or 2017 went miserably. No one cared. And it was just such a strange thing to be from somewhere, but not be able to pop off there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Besides your hometown, I'm talking like, you know, you figured, well, you have success somewhere else. People want to be like, well, these are, they're, they're ours. There are people. Let's, let's go support them. And not the case at all. And it is super weird. And I mean, the last time I talked to you, I would have been probably even more down on the prospect, but yeah. like, our Toronto show on the last run, I think was on like a Tuesday. So not a great night, but we, yeah. we sold out a venue. Wasn't a huge venue. Like we're talking like maybe 175. I think the max they can cram in there is 200 people, right. but we sold it out. And like the previous time we played Toronto, it was terrible. Yeah. And then the time before that was awesome. So it's like, I just don't get Toronto. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's like, the strangest thing. It's funny because Canadian, like we had more support in Canada earlier on, earlier on in our career. And it's like, as soon as the U.S. started to care, the people in Canada were over us. And right. like, I literally had things come back to me through the grapevine from like people who worked with us in Toronto, actively talking shit on us, saying like, oh, we're over them. Like, meanwhile, we're trying to get booked. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Meanwhile, people in America, the harder nut to crack, are starting to get behind us. It's just like, ugh. yeah, it's a strange thing. But, um, but you know, when you do crack over there, what's great about it is that there's just so many more places to play. Yeah. There's so many yeah. less hours to drive from place to place, and there's you know, so many cool bands to play with. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, America used to be really hard, and it's a huge uphill battle. But mm -hmm. like touring America is fun. Oh yeah, once you get those P P one or I don't know what they call them anymore, the P two stats. Whenever once yeah, you get those papers, um, and it's always the same thing. Like you you pay for them that one time, and it's super expensive. It's the second tour that you make the money on them. Yeah. Um, but it's when you finally get those and you're able to cross and not worry and have everything in order that the U.S. becomes a very interesting place for bands. And I'm really glad that you, that they're paying attention to you there because I, I I you know I'm not saying this is your sentiment that you share, but I'll share the sentiment that Canada was just such a fucking pain in the ass for us that I uh, I kind of just gave up on it and said, well, if they're not interested. We'll just stay over here. And and then when it extends to Europe, it really gets exciting because at one point Canada is going to go, well, what about us? What yeah. And it's like, well, you fucking didn't care 10 years ago. You know, I'm hoping with this. Well, I mean, we'll obviously see how this tour goes, but like, sure. I know our agents over there are trying to get us starting to get interest in some of the summer festival activities because yeah. th those are obviously huge in Europe for building a fan base and just in terms of like getting larger income to bring you over. 
So it'd be nice if we could start getting those. Cause again, I feel like we've been poisoned for a lot of that for yeah. a long time, but like we played Roadburn this past April and I think went over really well. And I'm hoping that that can kind of send shockwaves. But I mean, at the same time, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not counting on it. So right. we, we shall see. Um, you are always a delight to chat with. Um, I don't want to take too much time because we have chatted recently, but I definitely, when I got the chance to to chat, to catch up, I wanted to see where you guys were at because I, I do love this band and I and I love the fact that no one's going to stop you from doing it. That's the great thing because some people would just say, ah, fuck it, it's not worth it. You're like, no, no, we got to do this. It's almost like breathing for you. So yeah. um, I got to write music. Whether or not we <laughs> tour it is another yeah. thing. But well, congrats for... Congrats for staying intact through the pandemic, getting out alive, getting out to enjoy shows again, getting to enjoy selling out Toronto and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, uh, and being invited to go out Baroness. I think it's just all up, up for you guys. So, um, and I'm You're excited, open. I'm excited to hear the rest of this because what I heard so far, I really, really enjoy and man, kudos to your guy who's producing. Cause he's doing a great job in the mixing. I mean, it just sounds with a good pair of AirPods, um, you know, yeah. they noise canceling. You're in another place with that. So. Yeah, and I think with this one, uh, the whole record, it, it shows a fair amount of variety. And, and that's one of the cool things. One of the tracks we haven't uh, debuted yet is a, a quieter one with a lot of cleaner tones. And yeah. it, it just kind of shows his versatility. Yes. Yeah. We could do an entire soft, soft record and it would yeah. sound incredible with him. So, yeah, it's it's uh, there's there's some cool stuff to come. Even though there's only three songs that haven't been shown up this year, but yeah, well, they're they're all really cool tracks. I'm looking forward to it and uh, and continued success, man. Thank you very much, my man. Good talking to you. You too. Yeah, this guy is my kind of people. Yeah, it's like even when things go well for them, they they think it's ironic and almost <laughs> a punishment or something. I know, I know. It's it. You know, it's it's funny because. Um, I get that so much yeah. having yeah. been a musician and you too, and we've toured, we've traveled, we've done that. We've put music out like all that crap. Yeah. It's a fucking tough grind, man. Anything yeah. creative is tough. You have to have thick skin. You have to have um, a positive outlook. You have to really, really be good with time management. You have to be good with uh, being your own cheerleader. You have to be good with managing expectations. Um, it's like, man, it's like, yeah. it's like owning your own business. And, um, being a parent, it's like, it's like doing everything in life that requires uh responsibility. That's being in a band. And, um, yeah. but these, this band, man, they, they do it and they're, and they're great. And they're really, really good at what they do. So I'm really hoping that I get to see them live soon because I think yeah. I missed the date in Montreal, but they will be coming. They always come through here and great band. So I'm really, really happy to have had Ken mode on the show. Thank you for joining us again, man. Um, Ryan, mm. don't forget coming soon. The unboxing. Yeah. Of the P card legacy collection. It's right here. And that's going to be over on our socials. I'm going to be putting that up in the next, um, next, next couple of weeks. Look for that. Maybe even sooner than that. So, uh, it's going to be quite a trek to, uh, go through all those Blu-rays. Quite a trek to go through that. So, uh, Instagram live, will be doing that, uh, the unboxing of that set, which you can win. I'm not going to just unboxing. Oh, it's mine. No, we're going to unbox it for the purpose of you being able to win it in the month of December. Uh, our Christmas gift to you. Uh, Let's go to Nobro, okay? Catherine yeah. Nobro, uh, singer and uh, guitar player and uh, just all out awesome, awesome musician. 
uh, joined us on the podcast. And uh, I love this band. I've loved this band for a long, long time. And uh, again, I really feel like we're talking to somebody who is on the cusp. Every time I've seen this band live, I saw yeah. them open up for Billy Talent. Dude, they they were playing at Place Bell and they owned that fucking stage. Owned it, dude. Owned it. Yeah. And um, they just have this presence. They write great music. The new album is called Set Your Pussy Free. I don't know if I, can we say it? I think we can say it, right? I think I think being creative like the way you just said it's probably good for the uh the YouTube algorithm. Right. So the, al- the, al- the, al- yeah. the name of the album is called Set Your Other Name for a Cat Free. And uh and it's awesome. It's a great record. It's just a great rock and roll record. This band uh just they have the, to me they have the it factor and it's mm. it, I'm excited to see where they go. I'm excited to see um what's in store for them and i've been a fan for a long long time so uh without any further ado let's go to our interview with Catherine from no bro all right we're good show me your eagles hat i'm with Catherine from no bro and she's got her that is from 1994 that's amazing all right um thanks for joining me on the show um really really i've always been a big supporter of this band um, I remember first meeting you guys when I was at Shome. I've, I've, I've liked this band since the jump. And every time I see you guys doing something new, I'm always cheering. Um, you might not hear me cheering physically or see me, but I'm cheering because there's always something special about No Bro um, that I've noticed since the beginning. Now, how does it feel at this point? Because you guys have had, for a new band, you've had a pretty good run so far in terms of having opportunities, people latching on, people celebrating the band. How does it feel for you at this point? Um, I mean, it's good. It's hard to, sometimes you lose perspective because you're kind of just like in it, you yeah. know, the whole time. And it's hard to see the forest from the trees kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, everything that comes along is always exciting and we're always, you know, willing to put ourselves out there. So yeah, it's just one thing after the other, I guess. And it has been, I mean, you guys have been on some pretty fucking awesome tours. Um yeah, I've seen you in an arena, I think twice, which is crazy when I think when, it, you know, when you consider maybe six months before that you were playing, you know, you were a relatively new band playing in my studio at Shome. And, I know. Yeah. And it's great. But the thing is, you didn't look like a band that was out of place. Like you guys went there and you owned it. I remember seeing you. I think it was at Place Bell and you were opening up for Billy Talent and Laval. It might have been. Yeah. And, and I just remember you guys just going out there and you were playing on that stage, this massive stage. And, and it didn't look, it didn't look awkward. It didn't look like this new band trying to find their footing. I mean, you owned it. Well, that's very generous of you to say, I think we're all a little intimidated, (laughs) but you didn't, it didn't seem like it. And, and one thing about you, um, you know, fronting the band, you you can like when you've been doing this long enough and you've talked to enough bands and you've been in the, you know, been in this industry, you can tell when someone has that, like they have that special thing where, you can tell that they're they're doing exactly what they need to be doing, um, and they're and and they're embracing the moment. And you do that, like when you're fronting that band, you embrace it. You might be nervous inside, you might feel a certain way, but it doesn't come across. You own it, and you wow, know that, you might you've got to you've got to kind of know that. Well, I mean, it's so funny. I think that like performing, it's a way to escape the normal day to day grind. And so yeah. when you're put in situations like that that are very special, you really want to like. See, yeah for sure because you're just like i know what's tomorrow gonna be and yeah 
and it's like Cinderella going back into the pumpkin. Yeah. So what does she do? She she turns well, it back into a bartender. Is that what happens? I don't know. She thinks she goes back to washing palace floors or something. Yeah, that's exactly what what I do. So. But it, but it but it is like that a lot for musicians. You know, you go you get all the you know from the outside perspective. Oh man, everything's going so great for Nobro, but they don't know. The average person who doesn't understand this industry doesn't know. Yeah, you know, a lot of the time you you, you get off tour and you're back to the job that you might not love that you have to do because you got to eat and and you know and then you look at the, the you do the accounting after the tour and you're like holy shit we lost money but the reality is it's smoke and mirrors this business. Um, but when you have people that actually can de can deliver and have talent, you know that they're if the band's able to stay together and able to work work through it and push past that there can be a, a promising career and i think you guys are kind of seeing that now you know you're releasing you know you, you're releasing records you're you've got a bit of momentum behind you and it seems like this band's found its footing yeah i mean for sure we're we're definitely going in a direction that feels very exciting and very positive um yeah. but it is one of those things where you know, you're just, we're cautiously optimistic because you can't, you know, put your expectations too high. And then when things don't happen, it's just like very, very crushing. Yeah. So we're just trying to take everything in stride and we're trying to make the best decisions with the information that we have available. And especially like with money. I mean, to be honest, touring right now is just so expensive. Like yeah. gas is insanely expensive. Flights are super expensive. So, you know, you have to make, you know, these you know, judgment calls and like, like where to put your limited time, money and resources um, to see what is going to be the best opportunities for you to take advantage of. Right. Um, tell me a bit about the new record. Cause the, just the title alone sounds like it's like a, um, it's like an awakening if you will. <laughs> and, Are you and I, are we allowed to say the title of course it's my show you can do say whatever the fuck you want okay because yeah. we were we were doing an interview the other day and we, were, we weren't allowed to say it <laughs> no you can say you can say the title okay well, why don't you why don't you tell everybody what the title of the record is uh it's called set your pussy free i love it and so this has to do with like just opening the door and letting your cat out right yeah i mean it's <laughs> it is it's just like doing what you want in the face of like challenges and adversity. But, but that seems like what this band is. And, 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 you know, that seems to that, that title of the record seems to embody you when you're performing, like you are there and you're, you're owning it. And, um, and I think obviously there's probably some tongue in cheek in there too, but it's just, I, I love that. You know, I, I love the fact when I saw the title of the record, when some, I, I, I think I got the record maybe a couple of weeks ago, I got it. And, and, um, and then when I saw the title, of the record was going to be, I was like, yes, <laughs> like, um, is, is this record for you any kind of a departure from where you were before? Or is it just more doubling down on where, on what you were saying? Cause to me, it sounds like after listening, it sounds like you're just doubling down on what you, what you built so far. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's staying in the wheelhouse of what we kind of do best. Yeah, I mean, the whole process of like writing the songs and recording them were a little bit different from the previous things that we've re released. So yeah, we're just really excited to put it out to see if people will also like it, so. And the first single, Let's Do Drugs? Yeah. <laughs> Great song. Great song, like catchy as hell and just yeah. so fun. Like the video looked like you guys had a blast making that video. Yeah, no, it is. There's been there's been a theme of drugs in this band for a while. Like, I mean, there's one song you're talking about, like you know, a, a mountain of cocaine in my mind. I can't remember what it was. It was one of the first singles that I heard from you guys. I like coming from a small town. Like I grew up in a really small town in Alberta, and yeah. uh, which town? It's called Pinoka. Yeah, 
You know it? I, I, I've heard the name. Yes. Okay. Crazy. So yeah. So growing up in a small town, it's like when you come to Montreal, it's just such a fun, hedonistic city oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. you kind of go crazy. I mean, it's just like excess and fun and all that kind of stuff. And it's a little overwhelming when you first come here. Um, so when you guys talk about stuff like that, are you talking in the third person or is it more autobiographical or would you rather not say? Or I don't know if my dad's going to listen to this. He came to one of our shows. He's like, you know, an older conservative man. And I asked yeah. him to not wear his uh, ear hearing aids. <laughs> so, so I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it at that. So. All right. Okay. But, but the band, um, the band definitely seems like you 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 have it like there's an identity in this band and you guys know what you want to do um and they're like i listen to stuff like that and it reminds me of like when when i first got into queens of the stone age you know when i you know feel good hit of the summer i don't know if you're familiar with the song but basically the lyrics are nicotine uh valium vicodin marijuana ecstasy and alcohol and josh just repeats that over and over again and then the chorus is cocaine you know, there was a tongue in cheek in there, but at the same time, you pretty much knew he was, he had experienced every one of those and he was singing from experience. But with this band, I feel more, it's like, it's a bit tongue in cheek. Like, I don't think you guys, I think you probably get a bit more work done than maybe Josh was at that point. I mean, it, well, that's the thing, like playing in a band, it's, it's kind of, for me anyways, I had the exact opposite, and maybe for the girls too, it's like, you have kind of the exact opposite experience than what is kind of the stare what people think is like the stereotypical band you just party because you have to be like seriously responsible and you especially now yeah yeah and you have so many responsibilities and you have so many people that you have to like be accountable to you have to be accountable for yourself you have to be on time and actually through the process of playing in this band I've become such a better person (laughs) so yeah yeah so it's like almost like you have to have, you could sing about that stuff, but in reality, you have to have your shit together a bit more. You have to really take it seriously if you want to, you know, go forward and you have to convince other people that you're worth, you know, taking to be taken seriously as well. So, yeah. You have a bit of a blessing and a curse in this band because you have a couple of members that are in another project as well. Yeah. Um, is that, and you know, is that ever... A balancing act because I've always wanted to ask you because you know you have you guys have Nobro and then then Le Shirley and then I think there's another project in there Easy Tiger so there's and I don't know if you have some another project as well but there's there's a lot of projects that have that have kind of been born out of this collective um, <laughs> that are all really good um, but is it a, is it a balancing act to try to like touring scheduling and opportunities and has it ever been as has there ever been a conflict? Well, this is all I do every day okay. right when I wake up. It's all I do. Okay. And to be honest, I mean, it's like people have their own lives and, you know, it's you like people are on their own path and they're going to do what they want to do. And I think that just in general, as you get older, as a person, you change and we're all experiencing change and we're all experiencing different things and collectively as a band you have to grow and change together right so, yeah it's it's one of those things where you have to 
I don't know. It's, it's hard because yeah, like scheduling and things like that, it does sometimes get a little bit complicated, but at the same time, it's like, we're all people and we're all individuals and we all want to do what we want to do, but you know, not at the expense of the integrity of any right. like, individual project. I have to ask you in terms of like the next moves for, for the band, um, what's coming up in the next couple, maybe the next couple of months because the the record's coming out. Um, I know that there's a bit of touring that's going on. Um, can you, can you fill me in on anything maybe that people don't know about maybe opportunities, projects? Yeah. I mean, our fall is a little quiet just because we're okay. music, right. but we do, we're playing the gray cup kickoff party, which is crazy. That's amazing. Tell me a bit about how that happened. I don't know. It just came in the, in an email one day. And okay. so are you, a, are you a football fan? Uh, you know what? I did grow up watching football with my dad. So yeah. yeah. I mean, he's really excited. Is your dad coming? Uh, no, 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 He's not coming, but he's, oh, he's just, not that, that. but he's, but he's going to watch it. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's very excited. He's got to be so stoked. Yeah. And, uh, we have a show November 10th here okay. at Intellis. Yep. With, uh, I'm going to pronounce the name wrong. Vulgar Machin. Vulgar Machin. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great. So that, yeah, that's happening November 10th. Uh-huh. Um, and then you, from then on, like, do you guys have plans for 2024? Uh, yeah, there's like some talk of doing a few shows here, Toronto, Ottawa kind of thing, close to home. Okay. Now we've been submitted for many, many tours in the spring. So, all right. So it's just going to see where it lands. Yeah. Hopefully in a good spot. I think it will. Um, Lastly, let me just ask you quickly. uh, So you live in Montreal now. Yes. Um, Do you ever, is there ever any part of you that would want to go back out West or have you really securely like planted roots here? I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm going to live here forever, but I don't know if going home is the answer either. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see which way the wind blows. And I don't know. Is there also, um, obviously the United States is is right next door, um, touring in mm-hmm. terms of being able to go from city to city and, and all the stops you have within two or three hours drive. Is that somewhere where you guys want to kind of put your 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 focus? I think for sure, if you want to legitimize yourself as a band, you have to hit mm-hmm. those American markets. Yeah. Uh, like you have to go where the money and the opportunity is. And in Canada, unfortunately, there's only like three cities to play right. and they're spread over like 5,000 kilometers. So, yeah, I mean, it is definitely a priority for me anyways to get down to the States and start playing more. Okay. And you guys have played in the States though. Uh, we went on a lengthy tour with Fiddler in 2018. Right. I remember that. Yeah. And we did like a small run in 2021 and, uh, but that's been it. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited for people to hear the record. I think it's great. Um, to me, it's just a continuation of what no bros kind of cemented and it's, you know, in your face, unapologetic, energetic. Um, and even though sometimes some of the subject matter might be somewhat risque, I think it's super positive. Um, I've never had any bad vibes when I've listened to your music. And I love when people sing openly about doing drugs. <laughs> I, think more, I think more people need to, even if you're doing them or not. I mean, you know, I was in a band called Slaves on Dope when I was sober. So yeah. I, get the, I get the double entendre. So yeah. 
Um, but thank you for taking the time to chat. Um, thank you. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this album reacts and, uh, and continue success and just keep kicking ass because really like this band live is a lot of fun and, uh, and you're definitely someone exciting to watch live. I mean, oh, I, it's, it's good and, and, and keep doing what you do because you do it well. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Awesome person, awesome singer, awesome band. One thing I will say about No Bro is that, A, I was, um, when some of the, our members were in La Shirley, they were playing at uh, Show My Femme. Yeah. Playing like an acoustic egg. Yeah. Um, and you, of course, brought up No Bro and the idea behind No Bro. I love the the name where they're like, we're going to be a band just of girls. And every time yeah. a, a guy would try to say, hey, can I be in your band? They had to keep saying No Bro. Yeah. No Bro. <laughs> and, and, um, I really love that idea but also at the same time it's just like first of all you and i are like just those people who have just always loved music regardless of who's playing it yeah but it just so happens when you take like you know we know uh you know well i i would like to piggyback on it considering we had coffee or whatever but you know some icons like louise post and stuff mm -hmm. and yep. uh in incredible incredible musicians like that never did i think oh man what a great girl band i'm like oh what a great band band yeah however it was super cool a few years ago at show where you're like nothing but girl bands like in in the rock room and yeah. that thing was sold out and people yeah. wanted yeah. to go and they international couldn't. international women's day yeah that was i mean it was so a win-win you know, cool. yeah. international women's day three female bands all female yeah. all female members all awesome um, all awesome not, not not even because oh they're they're playing no, no, no. girls it's like no no they're playing they're they're fucking awesome and they happen to be girls the anti-queens uh, yeah all the you know the anti-queens uh anti-queens fucking rock yeah. man lay oh shirley and yeah. uh and um and of course, uh, the beaches. So all three bands. Rock. Are yeah, love. all three bands are fucking in their own right. Could have filled a rock room by mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah, just ba just based on the caliber of their fucking playing. And one thing I'll say about No Bro too is, I think their songwriting is on fucking point. Every time oh, I yeah. hear a clip or anything about what they're doing, it's always the best chorus I've ever like heard. They I got they, they have a Ramon sensibility to the simplicity of their courses sometimes, but yeah. it's just like they they're the master of the earworm. I, anyway, crafting a chorus that feels like a chorus you've always known, not heard before, but always known, is an art, and that's an art that they're very good at. Oh my god, yes! There's every time I every every time I hear a clip or something, I'm like God, that's fucking good. So that's the last record. Nice. Um, Live your truth. Yeah. <laughs> and they're you know. They're just fuck, dude. This is like 20, yeah. 2021. Uh, uh, I, I just love this band and I've, I've been on board with this band since I first heard them. Yeah, they just they just fucking rock, man. So go fucking support rock. No Bro. They're just they're they're phenomenal, great musicians. And like you said, of course, everything's going to be you know, people are going to hyper focus on the fact that they're all women, but it doesn't fucking matter. They're just a great band, but at the same time, it does matter because mm. you know, rock and roll is a male dominated industry. It has been a male dominated dominated industry for a long time. So when there is a group of girls that come and they pierce through, um, mm. they do get noticed. But mm. you do need bands like that to give that you know young girl who is you know somewhere at home going, oh, who am I going to relate to? Some hope, you know. Yeah. And um, but but again, like you, I just like good music. I don't care who's playing it. Yeah. Um, but I do I do love um female voices female point of view uh i do love hearing that and i love seeing because you know i'm my i'm a father of a of an awesome kid who's who's mm. happens to be a girl and she doesn't have any that she doesn't have any 
thing in her mind that makes her feel like she can't do anything because she's a girl. She's not been brought up that way. You know, I've been brought, I was brought up by a strong woman. Uh, I live with a strong woman. My daughter's a strong woman. So, you know, you don't, it doesn't, it's not a, for me, it's not, it's not even like a, 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 an issue, but for a lot of people, it's something that they love to point out and go, Oh, it's an all female band. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it is. And, and well, yes, sometimes it's a shtick I find too, where even marketing people will focus on that too, where just like if a band's from Japan, you'll focus on the fact that they're in Japan. Yeah. What can make this band stand out over a bunch, a pile of names? Right. But uh, fortunately for Nobro, they're, you know, it sounds like I'm pandering. I'm fucking not. It's fucking, I love good choruses. Yeah. I love oh, good yeah. choruses. I love melody. And uh, they got, they got it coming out of their pores. So, yeah. dude, they're a great band. Love yeah. them. And uh, they always have a, they always have a spot on the show whenever they want to come on. So mm-hmm. go check out the new record. Uh, set your P U S S Y free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh go go check it out it's a great record yeah. all right ryan we gotta go yeah um i will see you soon we got a, a bunch of great stuff coming up i think we've got someone cool coming we're, i think we're gonna do an episode on monday we've got um if i'm not mistaken uh i think i think gallon is coming on oh yeah gallon gallon's coming on and uh you were luck you're nice enough to let me sit in and we had a we had a good old talk oh yeah especially mentioned donald k donald that was really cool a story about that and a little bit of uh, the origins of how the hell he got in sticks because that's uh you know being a prominent solo artist in his own right yeah to being the singer sticks was a very interesting story and you'll get well not the exclusive but you'll definitely get a cool version of it on the rockman power next week and we'll also talk a little bit about um wolf the movie he was a part of which we yeah have, wolf cop so all right so make sure you check it out next week on the rock and power hour thank you so much for being here again uh we uh, absolutely appreciate your support like subscribe uh hit that alert button and uh, you'll be um alerted every time you uh we drop a new episode or any piece of content and um again we'll be dropping this chance for you to win in the month of december for christmas the P-Card Legacy Collection. Thanks to our friends over at Paramount Home Video. This has every piece of content that Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart, was in in Star Trek. Everything is in this, as well as some other things. So I'll be unboxing this uh, very soon on our Instagram page live, and you'll be able to get a chance to win this. So there you go. Um, That's a lot for- of seasons. <laughs> I was calculating. Yeah, dude. It's it's, yeah. it's it's a lot. It's a lot of content, and it's really, really cool. So the fact that they, they paid enough attention to do this for collectors is great, and just in time for the holidays. Uh, thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. Check out our promo code ROCKMAN20 below right there, and that'll get you 20% off your entire order. Thank you to Studio House Designs for keeping us look fresh. Thank you to AKG, and thank you to my co-host, Ryan Stick our producer, Julia Kajerski, and all of you for joining us on this journey. And we will see you next time on the Rock and Power Hour.